here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rob McCarron. He is sounding off, drunk, in the middle of the road, in a snowstorm, wherever he is. Jeff Hawkins. They give him a big middle finger! (laughs) You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. I honestly would have rather gotten a DUI tonight. Wow. Hello, everybody. Rob McCarron here, joined as always by Jeff Hawkins. It is Shake Them Ropes, episode 83. It is Sunday night, May 17th, 11.01 here in the East Coast of the United States. It is WWE Payback Reaction, as well as NXT TakeOver Preview, which we might get to at some point. Uh, But it's Payback Night, Jeff. How are you on this WWE Payback Day? Oh, you mean just in general? I'm fine. Yeah, just How in general. Yeah, just in general. <laughs> okay. well, what were your thoughts overall on the uh, on the show that we have uh, just seen? I thought it was a fairly enjoyable show. Um, not a lot of, I mean, you can be nitpicky overall about certain things, but overall, I thought it was a pretty solid show from uh, top to bottom, including even like the pre-show. I thought Our Truth and Stardust had a pretty entertaining match. I mean, the only real lulls I had in there were was the uh, was of course the Mega Powers Ascension match, which you know, what's treated like the geek match it was, but overall, I mean, a couple matches over delivered. That tag team match may be on my top five at the end of the year, or top three. Really? Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I may be overvaluing it a bit just because I enjoyed it that much, but I mean, as a watching experience, it was very pleasurable. I thought Ryback and Bray Wyatt over delivered um, quite a bit. Um, yeah, well, Ryback's pretty good. The, I don't know if you know yeah, this. The, yeah, I mean, the Rusev Cena match, it's like <laughs> Rusev Cena was like Umaga Cena, I think, in terms of the I quit match. I mean, it, it's, the, it's the I quit match we see out of John Cena every time. But overall, it was pretty solid. And I think, unfortunately, I think they have a way out of it, which we'll go into later. Um, but yeah, no, you know, Seamus Ziggler was pretty cool, especially, you know, it's going to be a shame if Ziggler gets heat backstage for busting himself open hard way on a headbutt, but. Overall, I mean, that match started slow and then it picked up and then it really got interesting for me Uh, because that was the one I was I was negative on it for a while. Okay, well, we will go into this payback show. Uh, We are taking calls on this show and we have uh, some calls coming in immediately. So many calls coming in. Uh, Our first caller on the show is coming in through the Skype line. It is Danny. Danny, your thoughts on WWE payback tonight? We don't have Danny, apparently. Uh, 320 on the phone line. 320, are you there? What's your name and where you're calling from? This is um, Brian calling from Minnesota. Brian from Minnesota. Hey, Brian. Hello. Welcome to the show tonight, this post-payback show. What were your thoughts overall on payback? Uh, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it for the most part. I thought it started out really great. I uh, really enjoyed oh, the opening, uh, opening match with Ziggler and Sheamus. I thought it was just a great, brutal match, and then 
continuing on with the match. That was probably my favorite match of the night. And then I thought it kind of slowed down for a little bit with the Bray Wyatt and Ryback match and the Divas match and the last man standing match. But then I thought it ended pretty well uh, with that uh, Fatal 4-Way as well as the, um, the Barrett match with him and Metal. I think that's going to be a common theme that this pay-per-view, um, for some reason, people will think it over-delivered, like it, it beat expectations. Uh, right. Going into this, it was one of those shows that I thought, you know, had pretty high expectations as far as the card that was put together, as far as oh, what yeah, match quality would be. Right? But the problem is that the buildup for the, some of these shows have been so bad lately that you really don't have high expectations. Most people can't look at what the card is and just put the card in their mind outside of what the expectations are from the build-up standpoint. You know, most of the talk going into the show was, oh my God, Kane is the focal point for the main event. I can't believe that without looking yep. and seeing what the actual build-up on the card was. Uh, but Brian, what about this main event? What was your favorite part of the main event? Are you satisfied with the way it ended? Oh uh, yeah, with the way it ended, I say I'm pretty satisfied with it. Um, I just I'm not that big on triple threat, fatal four way kind of those multi man matches. Because mm-hmm. um, you kind of get your classic formula where it's so all four will start, two guys will row the outside, kind of brawl around the ring. Two guys are inside fighting, and then they just seem kind of rotate out. But um, going into it, I was kind of maybe thinking we could get kind of a little throwback to the shield with a triple power bomb, and for nostalgia reasons, I enjoyed that and then with Rollins kind of, you know, waiting for the, the fist bump from the three of them. And then mm-hmm. they just gave him that look and turned on him. Dude, I just enjoyed that just kind of for, a, you know, like a nostalgia reason. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate the call. The first caller tonight on our payback uh, post show. I hope you enjoy the rest of your night. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Love the show. All righty. So we are uh, here on the payback post show and uh, Jeff Hawkins somehow uh, basically, Got off of the line here, so I'm working on getting him back here. But uh, that was payback. I mean, it's one of those shows where, to me, it beat expectations, but I don't think that's going to be the narrative going into it. Uh, we have another call on the line, 443, area code 443. Who are you? Where are you calling from? Uh, yeah, I'm Quentin from Baltimore, Maryland. Well, welcome to the show. What was your overall thoughts from uh, WWE Payback tonight? Um, I thought it was a really solid show from top to bottom. I can't really say anything about it was bad besides the predictable ending to Cena and Russo. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a really solid show. Yeah, what was your uh, a solid show all around? I think that's uh, one of those prevailing thoughts that I've seen on Twitter for sure. I, people are, are liking this show overall. Uh, does it give you hope going into the, uh, the next special event here at the end of May Elimination Chamber? Are you more excited about WWE after this show than you may have been beforehand? I can't really say I'm more excited because any time WWE can just flip the switch and just make you stop caring about the product, but I'm kind of hopeful going into the attack and elimination chamber match and intercontinental championship match too. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, uh, cause that was officially announced here, uh, not only on the website, but on this show. Um, do you have, before we let you go, do you have a prediction for who might win that intercontinental championship match? Even though we don't really have, uh, you know, participants yet. Do you think you have a prediction on who would win that one? Uh, I think I have a pretty good idea that Sheamus is going to be walking out with the belt. Sheamus? Okay. Yeah. Would you put the odds over 50%? Like, if you had to put money on one person, that would be your guy? Yeah, that's my guy for sure. 
All right. Well, there you go. One prediction for Seamus. And you know what? I don't think you're far off. I think I might go with that one uh, as well if I were having to predict right now. Uh, but I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, you too. All righty. We're going to get Jeff Hawkins back on the show here because I need to know what he's thinking about this idea that, uh, you know, the show was going in pretty hyped by me, you know, and some others, but because of the storylines built around it, it just wasn't, uh, you know, the narrative wasn't there where people are going to go into the show thinking that it, it delivered exactly to expectations. It's going to over deliver to some, but, uh, Jeff, are you back with us? I am here. I'm just having <laughs> crazy time, crazy yeah. times right now with this, uh, with this Skype machine. Uh, so we're hoping that it's going to work. I have, you know, Danny calling in on the Skype line who can't get through because I'm, you know, everything's going crazy. Uh, you know, we, we had this, this issue with internet going on here to where I didn't even get to watch the first part of the show. And one of the most exciting things people might've been looking forward to was Macho Mandow and Axelmania taking on the Ascension on this kickoff oh, I hope show. Not. I hope they weren't looking forward to it because they got nothing. This was insanity to me. I was on the Voices of Wrestling podcast, and we talked about this with Rich Kreich and about the Ascension and how their gimmick is they don't really know they're out of their time, and they don't really know they're the butt of all these jokes. Yet here they were on this show uh, being the completely dominant team in a tag team match with Mandow and Axelmania, and the Ascension not treated as jobber jokes. It was Mandow and Axelmania treated as the jobber jokes with the Ascension getting the big win. What was your thought, Jeff, on this Ascension victory and what it means going forward? Time to start rebuilding them. Give them a little credibility going in, especially if you're going to stick them in possibly in an elimination chamber type situation. It it almost to me did feel like they were building them up to be that third team in the elimination chamber. Yeah, well, Um, well, that's what I still don't understand. I think I think it's. I don't think it's going to be three teams. I think they're. I think they're going to put. I think they're going to put six teams in there. And, and two I do. men in I each pod. I think they're going to smush them all in. Two men in each pod. Yeah. Uh, that is not going to go well for guys like Luke Harper and Rowan being in the same pod. I agree. I, well, they may specialize it. I hope they don't do that. But um, it felt like to me that like they just decided. You know what? This this macho Mandow Axelmania thing. And by the way, props to Curtis Axel for going full Hogan. Yeah, on this thing, we we did see um, that coming. But before we but, get too many thoughts on this, oh. we have a call on the line. It was Danny who's been trying to call in here. Danny on the Skype line. Uh, what were your overall thoughts of WWE Payback tonight? Hey, what's up, guys? How are you guys? Not too bad, Danny. What were your thoughts on Payback? How you guys doing? Go for it. I thought this was a shocking pay per view. Shockingly good. Hello. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yep. Go ahead. Oh, this was a shockingly good pay-per-view. Hello? Agreed. Yeah, right. my microphone. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to go with that all night. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do that all night. <laughs> Jeff, you there with me? <laughs> I'm here. I, you know, Danny on the uh on the show, we had to we are, we're having a bad mic connection and apparently I don't know if you can hear us, but we could hear you, but I can't I can't be going all night on the <laughs> on can you hear me? Can you hear me? I'm sorry. Uh, Danny's cool. Having a, I, I, I was a guest on Danny's sh- I was a guest on Danny's show once, and he was having Skype issues, and now he's having Skype issues again, or I'm having Skype issues. I don't know. Maybe it's just not meant to be. Uh, but I was shocked, Jeff, and it, it shouldn't be a big deal. But I was shocked that the Ascension won in the manner that they did. I wasn't. I just figured they're going to pull the plug on this geek team all of a sudden, and then and they're going to try and actually rebuild the Ascension into something. Maybe not. Right. 
maybe not something, you know, main event tag team caliber, but at least mid card team caliber. Yeah. Uh, back to the phone line, 301 area code 301. Where are you calling from and what is your name and how did you enjoy payback tonight? Hey guys, I am calling from Maryland slash Virginia. This is ring of dragon. Hello ring of dragon. Hey, what's up guys? How you guys doing? We're, we're doing pretty good. Skype is, uh, Skype is doing all right. I think it's all my fault, but, uh, (laughs) I I know (laughs) I made a comment ring of dragon. I made a comment that I loved and thought it was completely fine that Seth Rollins broke out the pedigree in the main event tonight. You, however, did not agree. Right, right. And what are your, yeah, um, what do you think about the yeah. pedigree being used? Uh, it was just cheap to me. I mean, it was kind of like uh, Triple H just, you know, just a, a typical ego stroke, you know, and it's kind of awkward that, you know, he's beaten Orton the last two times using a move that's not even really his. I mean, the RKO, at the last pay-per-view and now the pedigree and I don't know. It's just, I know Rollins is supposed to be the typical chicken shit heel, you know, but it's going a little overboard. He's a little bit too much of a chicken shit heel. If you ask me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you would like to see him in a, a more serious role as a more serious heel. Curb stomp, curb stomp. Yes. Well, yes, curb, stomp, uh, curb stomp's just not going to happen. I, I know, but I mean, I would I would be totally understanding if this was 1998 or 2000, but did they just catch on for the politically incorrect reasons why it's not good to use that move? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I think it's just the imagery. Like, it's not so much the effects of what the move can do; it's just the imagery. I mean, with everything that's going on in the world, do you really want to see uh, in your main hey. event guy someone? literally just kicking someone's head to the ground like i know it's uh, wrestling you know it's it's pg man it's pg right so and that's just the thing and they picked the curb stomp and you know if they want to ban that particular move so be it i don't think in four months any of us will care really you know the curb stomp was okay but it's not like it's a move that we're devastated it's gone i mean if the if the stunner was banned after 10 years he doesn't need as well, he doesn't need to do, uh, what was that uh, variation of the DDT he was doing for a while? I'm like, please don't keep that. You know, there's enough DDTs, just like there's enough super kicks, just like there's enough, there's quite a, there's enough spears, you know, it's just oversaturated. And you can give him something a little original. I don't know. Uh, maybe you could bring back God's last gift. I, I don't know. There was, uh, hmm. I was watching. I actually think it was on PWG. Jeff, you were at the Don't Sweat the Technique show, were you not? Yes. Who used the God's Laugh gift? God's Laugh gift. I, I think it was Trevor Lee, maybe on Mike Bailey. Used the. Uh, I believe, yeah, I think you're right. Used the God's Last Gift, which is the uh, cradle suplex, you know, bomb that you hold on to the legs for the pin move. If you haven't seen Seth Rollins do that, but it looks like I don't know, uh, Jeff. Do you think that this uh, pedigree? Is going to be the long-term thing, and maybe even Seth Rollins will end up taking that move as his? Well, I, I understand the concern here because basically what it is 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 it gets the heat on Triple H as opposed to on Seth Rollins using the pedigree. Um, I think it's going to be more of that, just kind of playing up the connection between the two of them. Um, I I like the curb stop. I got to be honest with you. It was an original move. It's something nobody else was doing, and... In a, you know, in, in a world of things that are basically modified DDTs or slams, I thought it was 
something different. I think they'll probably eventually go back to the Phoenix uh, splash, possibly for him. I, I I don't see a lot of it, but I do agree that I, I think Rollins needs to be booked a little bit solid now. Because now this is, I mean, this this fatal four way was just basically all his geeks beating up the other players until he could get a pin, right? Which doesn't do a lot for him. And 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 then you add on the pedigree, which gets the heat on Triple H. You know, it doesn't. It didn't. The win didn't do a lot for Rollins, to be honest with you. And you kind of want that in, in in any kind of champ. You want you want credibility there, even though, yeah, okay, he cheats to win, but my God, I mean, every time, I mean, and and people don't don't game plan for it. Come on. But, you know, as for a new finisher, I can't, you know, it's hard to think of one because so many moves have been kind of either put out of style or everything's kind of the same. So I'm I'm at a loss to think of one right now. Ring of Dragon, before we uh, let you go, I have a couple of questions for you. One, are you a Samoa Joe fan? Oh, absolutely. Since about uh, 2000, Late 2004, I would hear about him and uh, CM Punk through PWI Magazine, and that's how I found out about ROH. Okay. And on an unrelated note, will you be watching TakeOver on Wednesday? Oh, yes. Yes, man. Oh, of course. You say uh, this with... I've heard the, I heard the rumors. Yeah, I've heard the rumors. Okay. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. I'm, I'm just curious well, if you're going to watch TakeOver. Yeah, we will be we doing... We'll see, but... But thank you, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Enjoy, no the, rest, enjoy the rest of your night there. Um, we will be doing, hopefully, if everything works out and my connections work, <laughs> a show on uh, on Wednesday night after TakeOver. Mm-hmm. A- and I know the cries out there. I hear it. We used to do these shows live where people could listen to them right after the show, listen along with us. It kind of helped the calls because people knew what was already being said on the calls and so forth. I will mm-hmm. look into going live again on Wednesday. Yay! I will see what we can do about that um, and see if we can make that happen. I will look into it. I can't say we're, it's confirmed for Wednesday. We will be doing a show on Wednesday. As far as well, whether... You just, you just send the bill to Rich and Joe, and they'll pay it. Really? Oh, they won't. They won't. They will. The thing. I, I demand that they do. So we'll uh, we'll look into that. Follow us on Twitter at ShakeThemRopes, um, and we will let you know if we are indeed going to take calls on Wednesday night. After takeover, uh, we have Joe Gagne on Twitter saying that it was a thumbs up show. It dipped for a mm-hmm. bit, starting with the Cena Rusev match, but nothing you can call bad on WWE Payback. So that's uh, kind of similar to a lot of the feedback that is coming in. People are really happy with the show. Um, you make an interesting point talking about this, you know, elimination chamber. I never actually thought of them putting two men of the team in a pod. Because I just didn't realize, you know, what would you do? Like, a pod fits one person. You can put three teams in there. But, yeah, they're going to, I mean, did they make that clear on the show that it's going to be six no. tag teams? But that, They have not made it. They made, They actually made a joke of it on, on the New Day promo where they go, uh-huh. you're going to be in, a, in the first ever tag team elimination chamber match. And Big E just yells, we won't fit. Okay. Yeah, Which, that's true. Yeah, that, pro, that promo was so money, by maybe, the way. I don't well, know may, maybe you, you have... That. Maybe you have uh, Luke Harper and Rowan start the match against Big E and Kofi mm. because all the well, then you have Connor and Victor who aren't exactly the slimmest of dudes. You can have you can have special pods possibly made like bigger, bigger doors. Sure. I guess. I don't know. And we'll you know, see. Maybe it would fit. It won't be comfortable, but maybe you can fit no. the two guys in there. I guess or maybe, we'll find or out. Maybe, or maybe maybe you have one representative from each team. Yeah. 
No, that would just be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, really. I know. It's a, that's a terrible idea. Dolph Ziggler. Actually, oh, go ahead. Dolph Ziggler against Sheamus. Sheamus got mm-hmm. the win here, but it was Dolph Ziggler, uh, basically who uh, who kind of got the last laugh. Well, no, he got a laugh midway through the match, and then he got beat. Well, he got the laugh midway through the match, but that, you know, that was the thing, rubbing off the stipulation that happened last time or that didn't happen last time. Uh, The stipulation has been blown off and Sheamus got to remain strong. Yeah. Yeah. You're your new intercontinental champion, by the way. New IC champion. Sheamus. I'll make that. I'll make that call. Sheamus. While you were uh, lost in the ether out there, lost in the world that does not exist Mm -hmm. in technology. We had a caller on the line who also predicted Sheamus to win the IC title match. And this all before that we have any participants. People yeah. are picking Sheamus. I think that's going to be a popular pick. Uh, yeah, I do too. I think that'll be a popular one. Uh, we had the New Day defeating Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. And my only disappointment here is that they did not, in fact, do the different participants for each fall on the New Day. Well, because I don't believe you saw this, they did call to it because Xavier Woods immediately after the first fall goes, I'm coming in, I'm coming in, and the referee waved it off. They tried to pull that off, and they didn't. I just wanted them to actually do it. I know. I know they called to it, and it's interesting. But, and you know what? It is one match. It's a three-fall match instead of a one-fall match, so it's not like three distinct matches. Right. So they actually use logic here to make, you know, it's one of those things where I'm disappointed they didn't use logic. This yeah. match was great. This match was just so great, I thought. I, I just everything from doing actual tag team spots to uh the New Day did this thing during I believe the second fall where it was a it, where one guy would stomp on a guy in a corner, the other guy would go out of the ring and come back around and then to the other side of the corner, tag in, start stomping. The other guy would get out of the ring, go around, come back, tag in, stomp. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, you know, the only the only downside I think you could see is maybe the way that the pinfall happened on the third fall. But you know, it it you know they're heels, so I I, I can forgive it. But overall, I mean, that was just such an enjoyable match. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it's weird, and, and and Cesaro was just a freak. Cesaro was great. An absolute but biggie is the guy really that is a mystery to me because biggie works really well with a lot of people in wwe and then not so well with others but cesaro's one that he's just great in the ring with and then rusev if you remember the first you know rusev biggie matches last year yes they were yeah, awesome the matches. yeah they were pretty darn good you had you had biggie on the outside and rusev just bowling through him and they both tumble on the outside and then they would just wrestle 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 and it was it was entertaining stuff like Big well, E can you go. You remember when when Big E was brought up, everybody thought he was going to be a guy. Because mm-hmm. after he, his stay in NXT, before it was really NXT, I mean, he was he was a can't miss prospect. Everybody thought, right? Doing the five count gimmick and everything of that effect, and he got brought up to be Dolph Ziggler's bodyguard, and then that kind of fizzled. So, it did fizzle. It really did yes. fizzle. Uh. The Ryback and Bray Wyatt you mentioned. I'll yeah. Ju- I'll just say this. I haven't I haven't gotten to see this match yet because if you're not aware, I had technological issues. I tried to go and see like parts of each one before getting up caught up to the final hour just so I would kind of know what I was talking about. But basically Jeff is carrying the show until we get to I'm the main trying. event. So I, I saw and none. I yeah. I saw none of Ryback and Bray. What were your I don't th- write copious notes, so <laughs> No. 
And that's fine, because we don't really need copious notes on Ryback and Bray Wyatt. All I want to ask you right now, Ryback and Bray Wyatt, is this the end of it, or is that a feud based on this match that will continue? Uh, I think they'll have another match because the end. The end was like a Toru Yano one where, where the turnbuckle pad came off, and he had been working on the ribs, and Bray shoved him into the turnbuckle and then got the Sister Abigail after that. But Ryback did a, I call it a frog splash, but it was a splash off the top rope. And it was pretty amazing um, seeing him fly. Uh, I thought, you know, for, for all the complaints of Ryback being a little, you know, green and stiff, I thought he was pretty darn good in this match. And Bray Wyatt did a few spots that were streaky, or streaky, sneaky strong uh, on Ryback here, where he just kind of, he picked him up for a suplex at one point and just kind of threw him down across the ring. You're know, like, wow, where, where, where did that come from? But I mean, that the the two of them worked really, really well together. I thought, and it was it was a big hoss match. It was it was like you know, heavy collisions. They had a point where uh, where uh, Ryback was down on the floor, and and Ryback. Oh, and this is after a DDT to the apron by Bray Wyatt and he did a, he did a uh, dive onto, onto Ryback uh, on the floor that uh, they were Ryback sold it pretty well. I thought he was hurt at first legit, but you know, it was just him selling the ribs. Um, but yeah, th- this, this over delivered uh, to the extreme to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, now, as, now let me ask you something about Ryback's look. Has he always worn fingerless gloves? I believe so. Yes. Okay, because I thought he was looking more and more like Goldberg every day, just buying into the chance. There well, were none of those for this match, by the way. I will say, okay, first of all, Ryback is not green and stiff. Ryback's great. Yes. Second of all, I'm looking at, I'm just doing a Google search, an image search of Ryback, and yes, he's always worn the fingerless gloves. Okay. He's, he's got the armbands. He's got the red elbow pads. Yes. He's got the weight belt. And he's got the fingerless terrible, gloves. Air, terrible airbrushed tights. He's got the wrist tape. Oh, that's one thing I wanted to mention. The Ascension added something new to their look. Red, black, and red armbands mm. around, around their biceps. Because that's what they needed is more stuff. So good for them, I guess. Their uh, entrance video to actual in-ring product ratio. Terrible, because I love their video. <laughs> I like Ryback. You know, he's not bad. Oh, yeah. He's not bad. He's good. I, I just yeah. I like Ryback. Uh, and this match, I mean, and 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 really look, I mean, Bray Bray just came off pretty darn awesome from the beginning cuz I mean, it, it's such a face entrance that he's doing mm-hmm. with everybody with the cell phones up, but uh no, I I think I think, you know, uh, Bray Wyatt's demise has been over exaggerated possibly. Yeah, maybe, because we had Dylan Waco on the show last month calling him done. Yeah, calling him done. Saying that that Bray Wyatt's done. People have said that Rusev might be done, especially if Lana uh, goes away from him, and that leads us to the I Quit match. Um, Mm. John Cena won, because, of course, John Cena would not quit on America. No. But Rusev lost because Lana was the one. As we kind of thought, like we thought on this show and others thought, so it's not like this was a lone idea for us 
that it wouldn't be Rusev quitting, that it would be Lana causing the quit. And Lana did indeed. Basically yeah, and they quit have the a match way form. And they have a way out of it. And this was uh, retweeted. It's Dan Goldfarb, the uh, guy who does pre and post game for the Florida Panthers down there. He he submitted a vine. There, there was something very particular in the in the ring introductions where Eden specifically said the person has to literally say "I quit" for the match to be over. Well, nobody literally said "I quit." Lana came in and said, he quits, he quits, he quits. But nobody ever said, literally, I quit. Right. So I think that might be the workaround here. There could um, be. But so this, are you seeing, match, are you seeing uh, another John Cena-Rusev match? It's only two weeks. I could see it. Yeah, that's true. I could, defi- I could definitely see it for Elimination Chamber and that being the blow-off. They need to... Uh, I mean, they already announced John Cena U.S. title defense for Elimination Chamber, so it could happen. It's not like you're going to... I mean, we talked about how they wouldn't have time to build up a new challenger. Not that it's ever stopped them before, but I don't think I mean, they, they, could a a, they could have a, they could have a random guy. Come they, could, out and they could have a random guy. Now, WWE tweeted immediately after payback that tomorrow night on Raw, John Cena will defend his U.S. title in another open challenge. So at least we got that gimmick. Like, that's all I wanted from this match, really. Like, because even I, as the strongest Rusev supporter, sees no end game with this unless he beats John Cena. And I just didn't see that happening. So no, yeah, and do, I think what's going to happen is Rusev's going to beat down the challenger until Cena gives one last match, <laughs> and it'll be a regular match. Yeah. <laughs> just be, we've already had the I quit. I, yeah. I don't know what else you can do. Lana hanging from the scaffold is something you, I believe, wanted uh, to see happen at some point. Oh yeah, I wanted Can't to see her in the cage over, yeah. over over the over the ring. Of course you did. <laughs> um, so we'll see if that feud uh, continues there, but. At least we got that silver lining. At least we have this the U.S. title matches continuing. Yeah, this was an interesting one in that in that the 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 reactions that I I mean I didn't look at Twitter all that often, but I mm-hmm. went after this match all over the place on the ending of this one because some people loved this match and some people absolutely hated it. it it's it's possibly the most polarizing match of the last year, I think, in terms of reactions. I might be wrong on that, but it, it just people didn't like the ending. They didn't like a couple people said it was too much like the John Cena Umaga I quit match. Um, well, if it was too much like that match, then it would have been great. And, I thought it was pretty great, and it, they did a lot of the similar spots in it. You know, in, up even including the 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 ring rope being unscrewed. Yeah, to tie it around for the a for the uh, not for the AA, but whatever the STF. Um, but you know, I mean, there, yeah, there are worse matches you can ape than, than, than the Umaga John Cena, I quit match. Uh, but overall I, I didn't have too much of a problem with it. I, I just thought <laughs> it, it was too much of the, of the, of the ask him, ask him, ask him. And it was just like, shut up referee. We don't, we don't need that much of it. <laughs> uh, we have on uh, Twitter, uh, Danny Kukler saying that, uh, shockingly good pay-per-view. He thought Wyatt versus Ryback was the match of the night. So That's interesting. He, he actually thought Ryback was the match of the night there. And I, I, I you can make a, you can make a case. You can make a case for it. I think that's um, usually good when you can make a case for multiple matches being the best match of the night. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's the way I'm seeing it worded for a lot of these reactions here on Twitter. I'm not seeing like, Oh, by default, this was the best match of the night because nothing was good. Like you don't like pay-per-views that end that way. 
You want? No, it was a very enjoyable pay-per-view. Yeah. I mean, even even the Bellas match was pretty good. And that was a, a match that, you know, we thought might happen, and it did. Bella Twins versus Naomi and Tamina. Uh, and you had Naomi and Tamina get the win here. Now, Naomi pinned Nikki, so this is another step for hopefully her getting a title shot, uh, maybe at the Elimination Chamber. Uh, but yeah, we we had that tag team match. And really, to me, this was your, you know, five-minute Raw segment that sets up a pay-per-view match. Like this yeah. was the pay-per-view, but really you're setting up for the next title defense between Nikki and you would assume Naomi. Oh yeah. Rusev was unless furious. Unless, unless they're having a divas elimination match, which no, I don't think that's going to happen. They're not. Rusev was furious <laughs> at Lana. Jeff told As Lana well, to should. get out. Lana did it too quick. She went in too quick. I agree. Rusev should be angry. Rusev should be angry. He lost his precious mm-hmm. U S title. Um, we had Neville get a win via countout against King Barrett because after all this talk on our last show about them uh-huh. giving giving the uh, you know the push to Neville and how he's too good to be losing matches, they couldn't mm-hmm. give him the win against King Barrett. Mm-hmm. What's this about? Well, Barrett doesn't take a loss. He gets counted out. And... Uh... You know, it give it gives uh you know, it, it's basically to set up the post match beatdown and, and the uh and 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 Neville reversing it, I yeah. think. And just and just to give him that, that last pop without actually having to beat Barrett. But he beat um, Barrett. Every everything there cleanly, is a visual cleanly. win. He hit his you know, his red. You know arrow. that's not a, you know that's not a real win to them. But it's a visual win. Okay. He got the win in the record books. Yes. But that match segment ended with Neville getting the red arrow on King Barrett, even after being blindsided. Everything about that was a yeah. Neville win. Oh, so I why agree. not just give him the win? Well, well, he's the new king. You have to. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Rob. I just know that they, 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 Jerry Lawler went dangerously into calling him a rodent. Yeah. Yeah, but th- and these two men are going to be in the Intercontinental Chamber match, no? Oh yes, definitely. So there's two of your men, and you know we did the predictions like after this match because our first match in the show was indeed Stardust and Our Truth. Our Truth won. Mm-hmm. Are they going to put him in the Intercontinental Title Chamber match as our sixth guy? Because remember, we couldn't figure out a sixth guy. Well, who are your five? Let me let me go over that. Your five yeah, are Sheamus, be Neville, Sheamus, King Barrett, mm-hmm. Dolph mm-hmm. Ziggler. Mm-hmm. Uh, say our truth is the sixth, and then your other guy is which one are we forgetting? You said Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. Originally. I don't know. If, I don't know if Ambrose will be in that. All right. Well, if you they don't put Dean Ambrose, in, actually, you put Stardust. Well, if you don't put Dean in and you don't put our truth in, you put Bray and uh, Ryback, Ryback in there. Yeah, I guess you could do that. You do that, but I could I could see them putting Dean and R Truth in there as well. That that'd be fine with me. The world title match, as we've talked about a little bit, Seth Rollins pinned Randy Orton via the pedigree. Triple H came out to congratulate him. Kane was a big factor in this one. Kane beating up, you know, dudes just randomly throughout the match. You had the shield reuniting for a triple power bomb of Randy Orton. The crowd mm-hmm. seemed to love that, and I think that was the turning point in this match. That was a turning point for me in this match because I hated it up until then. Up until that big spot where they, you know, finally do the triple power bomb. You know, we had uh, Garrett Kidney on Twitter, you know, telling us that 
you know, this is the first match that all three members of the shield have been in since the breakup and going in, it was not about that. It was about what would Kane do for Seth Rollins. Yeah. Yeah. Kane's choice. And of course, the only thing anyone cared about in this match was indeed the shields brief reunification and their work against each other. So like, if you maybe put that as a build up to a match like this, it might be a big deal to me. Never during this match. Did it feel like a big deal until honestly reigns and Dean Ambrose were in there by themselves. Then it kind of felt yeah. like a big deal to me, even though it didn't feel like a big, it didn't even feel like a big deal to me until they did the spot in Orton. Yeah. To be honest with you. Uh, uh, I mean, because that's a big, that's a big deal spot. Yeah, and it, and it, and it felt like it, and and I thought they handled that well, and they handled the the post after that, where it's like, hey, we're together. Oops, <laughs> we're together. Oops. Seth Rollins gets beaten up. Yeah, but up until then, it was just so much. I mean, you had you had I I did kind of like, but also at the same time, think it was kind of funny when you know Reigns and Dean Ambrose beat up everybody, so now they're the only two left standing. Yeah. So they look like at each that. other, and Roman Reigns says go? to Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns says, you know, loser buys beer. They agree and they go at it for a little bit. And now all of a sudden, all I could think of was, you know, this match is no longer about the world title. It's about to see who's buying beers. I'm fine with that. I mean, that's, I know at, least a, that's at least a stipulation that could be honored. And also is. is interesting. That is a stipulation. Yeah, that that was the, yeah. That was the second best thing the Mike's picked up after uh, Xavier Woods in, in, in the tag team match yelling at Tyson kid. Your wife doesn't even like you. <laughs> well he's he may not be wrong he may not get, he may not be completely wrong it was just the best i was just i was like wow he's really killing it but yeah uh, loser buys beers match i'd watch that i'd be fine with that yeah. especially if beer means that much to, to dean ambrose character which they are kind of and this is the second beer comment they've had on him after the after the uh no tax on ale for the king of the ring now, of all the things, you we just got done with payback. Tomorrow on Raw, the penultimate show before <laughs> the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Two Raws left. It is the first show. The next week will be the last show before Elimination Chamber. They have to pretty much set up the entire card. Um, Any chance tomorrow? I, I got to see where Raw is. I don't even know where Raw is tomorrow. Where was payback? Baltimore? Well, yeah, Charm City. So uh, probably maybe D.C. tomorrow night? DC or uh, Rich- Richmond, Richmond, Virginia at the Richmond, Richmond Coliseum is raw tomorrow night. Oh um, God. That means Archer's coming out in a Confederate general outfit. Beat the clock <laughs> is coming back tomorrow. No. Yeah. It's beat the clock for the elimination chamber. Isn't it? Oh, I mean, you could put all <laughs> the regular guys in there, but you also have so many jobbers that could be beat the clock. So let's think if they do indeed do six tag teams for the elimination chamber pay-per-view six tag teams. All right. Okay. We have yeah. the new day. Check. We have Cesaro and Kid. Check. Put the Ascension in there. Well, slow down. Let's put Rowan and and Harper in well, there. They, they would be ones too. Yep, Rowan and Harper. Okay. We got Los Matadores. Los Matadores. We have the Lucha Dragons. Lucha Dragons. Okay, so there's only one spot. Do the Ascension go in, or do the primetime players and, go in? Ooh. Probably have a match to see who goes in. I hope I, don't know, beat, but I, I hope every I match put, tomorrow put, is beat the clock. I would put the primetime players in there and you know what? Maybe not even put in the Lucha Dragons or Los Matadores. I'd put in I'd put in the uh put in the Ascension over one of those two. Because at least they got they got a win on a 
on a show that people are watching as opposed to super. <laughs> they got to win. That, it just seems so out of place. I mean, you got the yes, Mandow and Axel stuff going. It's the weirdest thing you can think of. I agree. I mean, it's not any surprise, right? That Damien Sandow, after getting so hot with the Miz as his foil, is completely dead in the water without the Miz. Man, what a shock, huh? That they blew some goodwill. He's mm. dead. Jeez. No, I mean, he may be. He's, he's in Charlie Haas territory right now. Again. It, did- it's sad. It's sad because he's talent. I mean, yeah, you remember when they built him up as the money in the bank challenger and he, and he yeah. cashed it in the match they had there and it, that was hot. And it's like, well, you could do something with him, even though he lost, didn't. So, I mean, <laughs> we have, uh, is, he, is he available for global force? Cause he might need to bone <laughs> up his resume. I don't know about that. Uh, ring yeah. a dragon on Twitter tweets us that he, uh, he called in earlier on the show. He wanted to add that, he wonders what's left for Randy Orton. Uh, to to this guy, it reeks of upper mid Carter now, and he's always been better as a heel. There's really nothing fresh for him to do as he is now, unless he goes heel again. So the question you becomes: know, Does Randy Orton they, go heel again? They could put him in the Elimination Chamber and use him to build up the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. I mean, that's an idea. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea necessarily, but it's an idea. I, I mean, I don't know what you do with, with Seth Rollins next because I thought it would be Kane. And after tonight, it doesn't seem like it would be Kane in two weeks' time. Oh, you, you know what? You could do a shield triple threat. Just with those three guys and Randy mm-hmm. Orton's out of it. Because mm-hmm. Randy Orton took the loss here. He took the loss with the pedigree. Like, right, and that's how, and that and that's how you and that's how you frame it. Yeah, he has no more claim really to this championship, even though he never got his one-on-one match, or I guess he did, right. but Kane kind of screwed it for him. Right. Ugh. I thought I thought Kane. Well, Kane may still get fired. That they may continue this ridiculous, stupid storyline. They may continue <laughs> a lot of stuff. We'll find out on Raw if if something big happens on Raw. We'll talk about it on our show Wednesday because we will be recording a show after NXT Takeover on Wednesday. And we final we finally have a full card mm-hmm. for that show. We'll run down it quickly because we talked about it a little bit on our last show, but we'll run down the most up to date card for this show and go quickly through our predictions. Um, one match that we did not talk about at all last week that has been added: a tag team divas match, a women's match. Excuse me, Bailey yes. and Charlotte mm-hmm. against the total diva Dana Brooke and Ugh. evil Emma. <laughs> which by all means is my most anticipated match in this show. Is it? Oh God. Yes. Okay. Not, not really, but I will say Dana Brooke and evil Emma together are quite the pairing. Yeah. I love it. I love the promo they did with Devin on NXT, you know, Dana Brooke for being really new to on screen wrestling is completely comfortable in her character, and she has a yeah. ton of confidence. Like, if you cannot see that there's potential there for Dana Brooke, I don't know what you're looking for. Just- oh, I, I, I think that there's plenty of potential. I just, I just love tweaking you a bit because I think, I think she's not there yet. And no I think one, she has. I don't a ton think of anyone's saying she is, and if they are, they're a little jumping the gun a bit. I agree because I don't think she's I, there yet. But if you and, look- and there's a bit of there's a bit of me, admittedly, that's kind of knee jerk reactionary uh-huh. because of her her placement in the yes, all women video. And, you know, that Hunter really, really likes her. So I, you, I, I'm kind I, of like, 
I'm you, kind of a little still, jealous. You still have the fact that Bailey wasn't in that Yes All Women video. Like that's, oh. that gets to you. I can tell. It does. It does because I, I, I think, and I don't think they're ever going to cash in on what makes Bailey popular. But I could see, I could actually see Bailey turning heel here. This, this is where I get to say. Charlotte. This is where I get to say, and in all honesty, because this happened, I talked to Triple H about this. Did you? About why Bailey wasn't in the Yes All video. Oh yeah, no, no, no. And he said he said she just wasn't available on that day. I literally talked to Triple H about this, and she just wasn't mm-hmm. available because they recorded it after a house show, and Bailey wasn't available for the video. That was his but, excuse. Yet, no, I remember we talked about this, and it wasn't a true excuse. All, I think all all of the other women were available except for Bailey. Bailey apparently mm-hmm. was still getting her knee pads off. Yes, but let's uh, continue. We, but I mean, there, there's a chance here after after watching the. Uh, after watching the anger in in Bailey, that she may turn on Charlotte just to repay the favor that Charlotte did her so well, long ago. I like that she's getting a more serious side, so I'm looking forward to this one. I, I think Dana I Brooke and Emma get the win here. Yeah, and I think Emma. I mean, I think I think all three of them are uh, three of the four are going to work really well together. Dana's yeah. going to be the X factor, of course, because Emma's really good in the ring. Emma's great, despite her despite her character sucking. Well, her new one's great. <laughs> Her new one's great, yeah, that, that's true. But I, I think I think the three. I mean, you know, the women's matches are always highlights for me. So yes, yeah, and um, this I, I think they'll you know they'll get an opportunity here for sure. Uh, Baron Corbin and Rhino match on here. I don't expect this to get a ton of time. Uh, they very well could do the story where these two are unstoppable forces and one guy just gets the quick win because he's more unstoppable or they could do a long match. They can go eight minutes like Baron Corbin and Bull Dempsey have in the past. They could do that. Um, I'm I'm actually kind of intrigued for this one because Baron Corbin for the first time on TV now is being portrayed as a heel, as someone who is not the crowd favorite. And I yeah. think people are interested in seeing Rhino. The full sale crowd may be a little over the whole Rhino experiment just because he's no longer new, you know, uh, but they'll be cheering for him. It'll have crowd reaction in that ring. Uh, Baron Corbin, to me, is 100% getting the win here. It makes no sense for Rhino to win, but I'm looking forward to seeing how exactly Baron Corbin does on a big stage in this particular type of match. Because this is the type of match, given time, that he would have if he were on the main roster. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance that they just do a double count out here? Where the two of them are just brawling with each other, and they just continue this for later. Uh, they they could. I don't see that because I think okay. Baron. I I just think they're going to give the win to Baron Corbin. I don't think you can mess around with Baron that much. I agree. I mean, I I, I held it out as a possibility at one point, but yeah. I, yeah. Uh, we have currently announced as a triple threat match, and they did not back away from this at all on Wednesday's NXT. Finn Balor, Hideo Itami, and Tyler Breeze for the number one contendership to the NXT title. So say this match happens, because that's all that we can go on. Say this match happens. Who do you got winning this one? And I, I guess we could ask who's taking the fall, not like it matters, but I'm really intrigued to see what they do with this. I think Finn wins. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to obviously tease the Hideo Finn dissension a bit and tease that Tyler's going to win, but I think Tyler's going to take the fall. I, I, yeah, the last couple of weeks on TV, I mean, I thought Tyler Breeze has been the MVP of NXT TV so far oh, this yeah. year. Yeah. And phenomenal. he's been looking great. He's always the guy standing tall at the end. I mean, he's beaten up Finn Balor. He's beaten up Hideo Itami. He got the, 
the super kick in on Adam Rose this week on NXT because he's the guy. Okay. Now, does Finn Balor shut him up? Does Finn Balor and Hideo Itami, their dissension now, kind of, you know, collapse both of them in this match and Tyler Breeze wins? Because, I thought about that for a moment. But what, I don't think they're going to. I think they'll. T- well, what you do with this. Uh, what you do with this match kind of directly relates to what you do with the NXT title. Because if Tyler Breeze wins and Kevin Owens is the champion, does it make sense for those two to go together again? Or do you just have it to where, you know, Tyler Breeze is a heel, Kevin Owens is a heel, and they match up? Because I don't think NXT is particularly afraid of putting heel uh-huh. versus heel or face versus face. Now, and, and, and Kevin Owens is more heel than Tyler Breeze is, so he'd be even more heelish. Yeah. They they have those kind of layers that they can go to. I I still think, I mean, just based on the results in in up northeast, I still think they're probably gonna just end up doing the triple threat for the title. Okay. I mean that. I mean with the. I mean because they because you know they do the practice matches on the road and they did Finn Tyler and Kevin Owens as a triple threat as a main event. I I think they'll probably end up going with that. Mm. Par Parmy thought, hey maybe. Maybe John Cena comes in for an open challenge here in NXT, but <laughs> oh, I, I like I like I like the Samoa Joe rumors, but I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. There's don't a lot of possibilities. Samoa Joe's the not going to wrestle I, I like, on the show. Uha Nation's no, I, probably not going to wrestle on the show either. No, I liked the joke I made that Miz comes in to defend Alex Riley's honor. <laughs> if only, if only, because Alex Riley deserves to be defended. Honestly. Uh, the tag team titles are on the line. Blake and Murphy going up against Enzo Amore and Big Cass. This is the NXT tag team titles. A lot has been made of this feud going back, you know, for about eight weeks now is when you really got to see, got even longer than that, honestly. It's been 12 weeks almost that this feud mm-hmm. really got going as far as seeing Big Cass and Enzo going towards the tag team titles. You know, they've kind of had a detour here with the whole Carmella and Alexa Bliss angle uh, in between. But Enzo and Cass are the big baby faces. They're one of the hottest acts in NXT. If you're going to take NXT on the road, I mean, they're certainly one of the ones that you want to highlight on the road. At Full mm-hmm. Sail, they get good reactions still. Even, you know, they've been an act for over a year now. And they're still super over, getting more over every day. Is it time to put the tag team titles on them? Were Blake and Murphy transitional champions? Yes. I think it's time to put the titles on them, and I think it's time to figure out to do something with Blake and Murphy without the titles mm-hmm. and give them some characterization. Because the tag team titles in NXT are those ones that kind of, they go from team to team where it's your turn, kind of. And I think it's their turn. I think it's Enzo and Cass's turn. And then, you know, we, we gave them to Murphy and, and uh, Blake for a while. Um, you know, they were okay in this role, but they didn't really do all that much in terms of, I mean, they, they, they personified themselves a hundred times more than they were before, but remember they were also fluke champions to begin with. So that's an easy story to write. Now, now let's figure out some characterization for them. And I think the best way to do that is to take the titles off of them. Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch going for the NXT women's championship. One of the solid matches that we've had for a long time. Uh, Sasha Banks just got the title. Sasha Banks is the big star here in NXT. Question. There's two questions, really. Does Sasha Banks Mm -hmm. go up to the main roster anytime soon? Or does she stay in NXT to be the head, the co-headliner, really, of NXT as the women's champion, the headlining woman of NXT as the champion? 
I would have to go with Sasha Banks retaining the title here because Becky Lynch really just started her chase. Yes, and I agree. I think I think what Becky's done in this program has has just been phenomenal in terms of characterizing her and giving her some well-roundedness that she desperately needed mm-hmm. um ever since she turned heel. Um so but it's not time for her to get the title yet. And then of course and we... I th- and, and 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 of course you're taking NXT on the road, you need some attractions and Sasha's definitely an attraction. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn for the NXT Championship. They doubled down on this match on yeah. NXT TV on Wednesday. So this match is happening. I mean, mm. obviously we can't be 100% certain, but from all accounts, after what we know about the injury, after what NXT TV has told us about the injury, like that's part of the canon now is that he has the shoulder injury. What's odd about it is they they have been building the shoulder injury from the John Cena match with Sami Zayn, but in storyline Kevin Owens knows that he hurt Sami Zayn, but no one knows what the injury is. So now both of those things are kind of merging where we saw the shoulder injury happen. Yet Kevin Owens on TV, what was taped a month ago, is Kevin Owens is going to exploit that injury in the match on Wednesday, reveal it to the world, and put Sami Zayn out for good. I think Owens power bombs him a couple of times and Zane valiantly fights, but you know, it's, you know, we, I think we know this story. I think, I think Owens basically does a beat down of Zane to give Zane some time off. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so amazed that this storyline came together. Like, like it had where you have the mix of real life and, and you know, yeah. what was taped a month ago. And you know, we we're building up this story basically on TV that no one knows what the real injury from Sami Zayn is because people thought he just went home to recover from his loss. And you know, the, the fact that he lost the title. And then of course we, you know, Kevin Owens is saying that he has an injury, but no one knows what the injury is. And of course we all saw on raw that Sami Zayn hurt his shoulder and they were talking about it on NXT TV. We saw the, the uh, reaction from raw with Sami Zayn, where he's talking about a shoulder injury in depth. So it is funny to me, the mix of storyline in real life and how it came together based on the TV taping schedules. Um, I, I would put Kevin Owens as the winner of this one too, because you have an out that Sami Zayn is hurt and you have Kevin Owens. The fact that if he exploits this injury, he's even more of a bad guy and people get empathy for Sami Zayn even more. And what you do after that is maybe you do, you know, whoever wins the triple threat match, maybe you do that on TV. Maybe you build that all the way to the next takeover Maybe like the Finn Balor Kevin Owens match. Because remember, Kevin Finn Balor, excuse me, won a number one contendership match against Hideo Itami on the takeover, and they did the title match on TV. Mm-hmm. Right? So it doesn't mean that whoever wins this triple threat is the next full time challenger for Owens. Owens could still have a different program going, yet on one of the TVs he defends his title against an Itami or a Balor or a Breeze. So whether you have Uha Nation come in right to the title picture, whether you have Sami Zayn still being the challenger, there could be a number of options. Or, based on a lot of rumors out there, Samoa Joe may show up. Yeah, I'll give you my wild, crazy theory. I've already alluded to it, actually. I've actually said it. Is that Zayn can't go, and so Owens issues an open challenge, and John Cena, fresh off of this false, or fresh off of this I Quit match, answers it. To 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 defend the honor of the man he injured, <laughs> and then Owens beats him, 
and oh, it kind of yeah. got a little. And, oh, well, yeah, that be- was my. You believe that would happen? Uh, well, I mean, they're 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 going to make this now no longer developmental. It's now going to be its own touring brand. It's a separate brand. It would give it the champ legitimacy. Yes. I know it's way out there, but it's but, out there a little but, bit. Yeah. But but the, but the funny thing to me was I I came up with this theory. I forget Thursday or Friday. And then, and then at the shows over the weekend, Kevin Owens did the five knuckle shuffle during one of the matches. I'm like, well, wonder if they're going to play that up at all. They probably won't, but well, that could be a big match. I mean, John Cena and Kevin Owens with proper build on WWE TV. I don't want to say it would be as big as Cena and uh, punk was going into money in the bank, 2011. Well, the rumor is, the the ongoing rumor is that NXT is thinking about doing something that would make us crap our pants in terms of what they're going to do with Kevin Owens since Sami Zayn can't go. Now, a lot of people took that to mean Samoa Joe. I don't think they're going to go that out there and go that with a guy that has never been on TV, but people still kind of know. Oh, are so, you but, kidding so, me? Kind of know? Samoa Joe would get the biggest reaction at TakeOver on a show with Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, and Hideo Tommy. I agree. People know who Samoa Joe is that go to full sale tapings. That go to full sale tapings, yes. That's all you need. I okay, I agree, but you see my point. You get the crowd they, they, to they, make him they look don't like do a star. That. They don't do that sort of thing. Yeah. That's not that's not the WWE's move. Yeah, but I mean Finn Balor kind of debuted in that way. He debuted out of nowhere on a main event of a TV show. You know? He got Fair. the big reaction. Hideo Itami came out on a takeover show as if people were supposed to know he was a big deal and got promo time in Japanese. Well, that was after they they basically set it up as as the Hogan. I mean, they set up the entire Hogan video package too to let you know about that. Right. They're not going to do that with Joe if he's there. But I mean, I mean, I, I'd love to see Joe come in. I'd love to see that Joe Owens match. Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens on NXT TV. Or a takeover down the line. Be pretty Jay good. Briscoe shows up. And- I don't know if you've been seeing. <laughs> Samoa Joe has his Instagram account and his Twitters. You know, all the saw social the, medias. Saw the photo. Saw the photo. There's a photo He's of him looking, uh, you know, quite in shape, if you will. Mm. Quite in shape. But that's NXT we'll takeover. We're gonna be, uh, we're gonna be getting all the reaction, and It'll we may even, uh, we may even take calls. We may take the reaction. I'm going to try to go live. We'll see if that'll work out. But if Samoa Joe shows up, NXT is going to have all the hype behind it. I agree. If he doesn't, I don't think people will be that disappointed because it's not like you can reasonably expect Samoa Joe just to show up anyway. Right. But if he shows up, that's huge. It's big. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. Uh, But we're going to be back on Wednesday with TakeOver. Uh, We're also, are we going to do our next match in the Top 100 series that night? Did we decide that? You had promoted it. Yes, I did. So what is our next match in the series? I'm looking it up. I know we talked about this on STR 82, but I'm double checking here. Um, we did Harley race and Rick. Fo- oh yes. It's DDP and Savage. Yes. Versus from, uh, from spring stampede 97 back in the old WCW mm-hmm. DDP and Randy Savage. We'll talk about that. We'll do takeover. And then the week <laughs> after, I mean, Jesus next week, basically, we have we our <laughs> Elimination Chamber preview mm-hmm. because that chamber is coming up next Sunday. And we'll do the Elimination Chamber post-show, I would imagine. 
So if I can get the live stream going and we'll see what we can do with that, we may have, you know, two live shows within the next two weeks. Yep. We'll, we'll see. We're going to get run over by shows here at night, Jeff. I'm going to, you're never going to be able to be asleep ever. So tired. Huh? So tired. <laughs> uh, at Shake Them Ropes is the Twitter. Follow it for all the information on our possible live shows, for all our call-in shows. I want to thank all the callers today as we had the phone lines open right off the bat to uh, see the reaction from WWE Payback. Uh, if you are not a subscriber to the WWE Network, you can still get Elimination Chamber for free. Go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash WWE Network. You can sign up for free for the network and get Elimination Chamber for free. Uh, the final thought, Steve Austin podcast has come back with Paul Heyman on June 1st. Excited for it? I think it'll be a typical Paul Heyman podcast that kind of toes the line. I, I find it interesting that Steve Austin's back in the fold. See, I never thought the the Chris Jericho coming in meant that Steve Austin would never be in. I mean, you can do you don't want to just have Steve Austin the whole time. You want to have different shows so people can get excited about different hosts and different ideas. Right. Obviously, there there were issues there with the copyright. I mean, the whole Steve Austin shirts were disappearing from his store on pro wrestling tees because WWE issued copyright infringement notices and had them taken off. And Steve Austin wasn't happy and they just weren't getting along for a short time. Didn't mean they weren't ever going to work together again, whether Chris Jericho was doing podcasts or not. So I'm glad to see that we're getting Steve Austin back. I think he's much better at doing this show than Chris Jericho is. Much, I agree. Much better. And Paul Heyman will be interesting. Um, Paul Heyman's episodes of the Steve Austin podcast oh, are actually, fun. you know, two because I think he was on a two-parter. Um, yes. Two of the only episodes I've ever listened to of the Steve Austin show because I don't generally listen to his podcast. So I'm hoping that he doesn't repeat the same stories, that they go into something different. I mean, I'm sure with Paul Heyman's career, there's plenty of different content they can go into. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll watch that one live, most likely. Well, I mean, let's put it this way. Heyman on Jericho's podcast, which he did with Edge, I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, was one of the more entertaining Chris Jericho podcasts that have been. So, I mean, Heyman knows how to work a podcast. There's there's no doubt it'll be entertaining. Uh, I just think it'll be a retread of a lot of things. No, it'll be interesting. Uh, final question before we go, Jeff Hawkins. Brett Butler, will he be named the new Marlins manager? Oh, God, who cares? In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.